Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to Believe in Rams. I'm Jake Ellenbogen. He is Cameron Lynch. And soon we will have Marshall Falk coming on the show. Rams legendary Hall of Fame running back with the greatest show on turf. He's, he also played with the Colts, but you guys don't really care about that because this is not <laughs> believing Colts now, is it? So <laughs> before funny. we can get into that, Cam, just want to let you guys know that Bet Online is your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games play available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. But Cam, where can people start if they don't necessarily want to do that, but they want to do pick them? They want to play fantasy football. Where are they going, my guy? Yes, they can go to Underdog Fantasy, Jake. Um, you can start playing fantasy football with Underdog Fantasy today. Users will receive a 100% deposit match up to $100 if they use our promo code OTE at sign up. You can click the link in the description to get started today. Today. Do it now. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But anyway, we got Marshall Fogg coming up. Stick with us. After the interview, we will be talking about the Rams in 40. It is Niners week, guys. It's Niners week. So we got to preview oh. that game. That's a big rivalry game. So without further ado, here is Marshall Falk. All right, guys, welcome back. Believe in Rams. We're joined by the legendary running back, Marshall Falk. How you doing, Marshall? Doing good. How you guys doing, man? We're good. We're happy to talk with you, man. Right on. All right. So um, I think a lot of Rams fans want to know, uh, what have you been up to uh, lately? Oh, man, just enjoying life, enjoying the retired life, um, raising kids and uh, trying to be the best father and uh, just – um, trying to keep up with football. I mean, it's just there's so so many. You know, it's like the further you get out, there's so many new names, new guys, um, so much turnover on teams as we're seeing with the Rams. Uh, and uh, you, you gotta with, with fantasy football. You know, you, you, you find yourself in like three to four leagues. You're like, oh my god, I didn't know that guy played for this team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is literally. Yeah, it it happened to me the other night. Uh, I'm watching. I didn't know Leonard Floyd went to Buffalo. I was like, man, I, I didn't even know that. Like that one got me. I didn't even know. Yeah, yeah. I do the same. I do the same thing. I think Peyton Manning on the live stream was like, was that Wilson on the team? I didn't even realize that it, it happens. I get it. I mean, as you know, as a legend, as a former player, once you're outside the club, it's like, oh, it's hard to get in. It's that glass door. But, you know, Marshall, I want to ask you, I just want you to take this back a little bit, right? In memory lane. I know you're from Louisiana, but you went to San Diego State. So, Kind of like the past. We want to talk about the present and the future when it comes to the Rams. But what was that like? It was you were down south and going to the West Coast. I'm sure it was tough. So I'm really curious what that was like for you. Uh, it was uh, literally a culture shock. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, you, <laughs> it was serious. I mean, um, I, I I couldn't find a a, a good a good taco. Uh, we didn't really <laughs> eat Taco Bell much in, in New Orleans, and and all of a sudden burritos and taco shops popping up. Um, right, right. You know, you you go from you go from Pool boys and muffaladas, and 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 now you, <laughs> it's refried <laughs> beans and and, and tacos. And, and, and I, you know, like be the the culture shock that it was for me. I went to all black school, you know. Yeah. I went to all black school my whole life, and 
And not only do you find yourself integrated with another race, but San Diego is a melting pot. You know, there's 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 all there's there's everything there. Yeah, <laughs> there's all nice. kinds of culture. And it was just it was different. It was different. And it, it took me, you know, it took some months. But the one thing that was good was where football is in the locker room, you know, race, religion and all of that stuff. Uh, all of that is, is just out the door. Yeah, um, we're on one team and none of that matters. And sports has a way of connecting us. And it, it literally gave me those adjustment moments that helped me adjust in class, that helped me adjust on campus. That's really nice. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. And then I know, too, you know, when you first got drafted, went to the Colts and then the Rams, what was that like? So you're going from Louisiana to San Diego and then Indiana and then St. Louis. Like, what, what was that like for you? I another culture shock because I, you know, <laughs> being in, growing up growing up in New Orleans, living in San Diego, you didn't experience winter, and um, oh, no. I, I never lived in the middle of the world. You know, uh, I, I'm living, and, and all of a sudden, this siren goes off. I'm like, what is that? Oh, that's for tornadoes. I'm like, I, I look, man, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> you know, I knew, I knew hurricanes. I learned about earthquakes, but now we got tornadoes. What's what, what, what's up with this? So you you, you find the, the 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 littlest things, man. It's um. It, it, you know, I, I never, I never been to a, a car race. You know, I, I saw cars racing on the street. To go to, to go in and watch all these masses of people pile up in a stadium to watch these cars do laps, two hundred freaking laps. I'm like, are you kidding me? After ten laps, I'm bored. You know, I'm like, right. where's the fun in this? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Just culture, man. All the culture things. It just, you know, it's yeah. surprising. Oh yeah. man. Well. Speaking of culture, Sean McVay completely changed the culture of this Rams team. And, yeah. you know, it's it's been a blessing, obviously. Any Rams fan would say that. Um, but we recently found out, I, I know people knew this, but we recently found out with the Pivot podcast, you were the last interview meeting with Sean McVay. Um, so I want to ask you about how that went, uh, first off. And the second thing, did you foresee any of this happening early on with Sean McVay and the career that he would have? And he's still the youngest head coach after all. Yeah. Great, great question. And uh, here's, um, you know, just, just my respect and, and uh, appreciation for Stan Kroenke. Uh, Stan was like, look, you know, we have some coaches. Um, there's one guy I want you to meet. I want you to like, really tell me, like, tell me, what, what do you think? What, what do you think of this guy? And um, we like him. But we, you know, we're, we're not 100% sure yet. And uh, and so I, I sat down, I, like I actually flew up and um, we had dinner and everybody left the table and Sean and I, we was there and we were just talking ball. And um, in the sense of not just strategy, but what does it mean to a coach? What does it mean to a player? And um, for somebody who hadn't played in the NFL, his his outlook on it, it was amazing. Now, the X's and O's and listen to him talk about like the dynamics of of from from like year to year, I mean decade to decade, how the game changed. And I know he wasn't around the game that long, but being a historian of the game is a guy, he goes back and he looks at film and he watches stuff. And listening to him talk about what he saw us do uh with Mike Martin and 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 all of that. Um I remember telling, uh, I told Stan, I said, Stan, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Today, as a head coach, he's not ready. I said, but by the time he is ready, 
he's not going to be there for you. (laughs) (laughs) And that was, that was literally my, like that, the day that he became the Rams head coach, there was some learning that he had to do before he became Sean McVay, the Super Bowl winning uh, head coach. And, and he, you know, he knew that. And I told him, I said, this, this, this guy is going to be somebody to be dealt with. And, and not only that, when you look at the guys who have coached underneath him, how quickly he's building a tree. And guys, that's when you that is the testament to like what you do. And 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 they're not they're not flashes in the pans. Like I'm talking jobs, they're sticking. You look at Green Bay, you you look at Cincinnati, and, and you, you look at what's Chargers. going on in Minnesota. Yeah, the charge, like it's like guys that they're just not like, oh, they come one year, two year. And I, I'm not naming names other coaches, they've gotten guys jobs, but didn't go well. He's teaching them how to run an organization, how to lead men. And we're different men when you talk about it's it's one thing to coach boys in college and lead them. It's another thing to lead men who make more money than you. <laughs> All right. That's yeah. That's a good point there. Um you know, and I, I want to get your your thoughts on this because it, it's like as soon as like Todd Gurley called, he, you know, he came out in 2016. He plays, you know, running back for the Rams at the time. And this organization's had you. He's had Eric Dickerson, Dan Towler. I mean, so many great running backs. And so Todd coming off his rookie year has a down year and he calls it a high school offense. Well, I remember seeing a headline where it was Sean McVay took Todd Gurley in a Jeff Fisher offense as if he was going to be Eddie George and Sean McVay wanted to turn him into Marshall Falk. And like, I, I saw that and I was like, you know, cause Marshall Falk, like you were my favorite running back growing up. Um, what did you think about Todd? Because it feel like he was the catalyst to that offense. And I feel like, honestly, when I'm watching him, I'm like, clearly Sean McVay saw a lot of Marshall Falk, you know, when he was uh, growing up. Yeah, and, and and listen, Sean wasn't asking him to to be me physically, and Sean yeah. wasn't asking him to do anything physically like I did. What Sean wanted was mentally for him to be in a space to understand what type of player he was going to need to be to be the catalyst in this offense and how mm-hmm. they were building it. Because they didn't have the components on the outside. They had to do it from the inside out. So um, first of all, taking care of your body, Second thing is understanding that if this thing is going to run through you, you have to be your best ability is availability. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because they're counting on you and, and it's and it's huge. So mentally, Todd had to get in the frame of because Todd, Todd split time in college. You know, being a bell guy and being a guy is a whole nother thing. When, when you're the engine, hey, when the engine goes on the sideline, the damn car don't move. All right. So. <laughs> Getting him in the right mindset of not like these are your skill set. We know you can catch the ball. We know how you like to run the ball, but we're going to ask you to do a lot of that because you're going to carry the brunt of this burden until we put some guys around you. That's what he wanted. Yeah, that's and that's awesome, Marshall. I actually came in the same year that that Todd did. We the same year, of course, he was drafted. I was undrafted, and he was one of my favorite teammates. I'm not going to lie; he was down to earth, a cool cat. And I wanted to ask you, who were some of your favorite teammates and favorite coaches when you were playing? Like, man, I got to give that brother a call because, man, he really helped me out in my career. What did that look like for you? Yeah, um, first, uh, I'm going to say my first head coach, Ted Marchabrota. Um, he used to have a saying, and, and and I find myself saying it all the time to my kids. And when I was a kid in the league, and, and any time I would mess up or do something, he would say, Marshall, you know, 
you just don't know what you don't know. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, it, it killed me. I, I never really got it. But once you get older, you look back and you're like, damn, I didn't know. I didn't know. And so now that you know, you wish you knew when you didn't know, but his saying so resonated with me as I got older in the game. Um, so Ted was like a huge influence on me. He was a guy who the Buffalo Bills, uh, he was he 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 called plays and created who Thurman Thomas was. You know, it's like it, it, like that, that that he was a guy. He he taught me like, hey, playing in an offense where you catch the ball and run the ball is going to extend your career. Because running back at that point in time, we were measured by carries. They didn't look at catching balls as like a thing, you know. They they didn't they didn't and, and not until uh, Mike Martin and I got together did we did we have this thing called touches. It, it didn't matter how we got it; it's touches. <laughs> You know, and, and now for receivers, based on what Debo Samuels is doing, it's touches. How many times do you touch the ball? That's how you affect the game. Um, my first my, my first running backs coach, Gene Huey, um, the guy coached me harder than my high school coach was was a SOB. And he coached <laughs> us so hard. He was hard on us. I'm talking about so hard. Gene was harder than that. Being a guy who was a rookie and I was I was like a huge part of the offense as a rookie. I'm talking Week 12, he's still getting on me about like making sure I'm at six and a half yards deep. Seven is seven means run. Six and a half could be yeah. pass and run. Like making me pay attention to detail, even when I was tired. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it really carried on to later in my career. And obviously, I got Wilbur Montgomery when I got there. Um, Mike Martz, uh, being with him. Uh, it, it was it was just so much fun uh, having a Henry Eller, the guy who was a Rams legend, be the receivers coach as well. Hearing the old stories of what it was like uh, back then, having Jack Snow around, and Jack was the broadcaster, but he was like a coach too because we, we we everybody loved Jack Snow. Jack Snow was like a guy um, talking talking offensive line with a with a Jim Hannafin, legendary guy who helped build the Hogs, talking blocking scheme, learning calls of the offensive linemen and how they were blocking and being able to talk the jargon with an actual offensive line coach and and understanding how patient I needed to be for the offensive line giving them a chance to make their blocks just so many guys man so many guys no that's that's awesome and and speaking of so many guys it feels like there's so many guys in this this Rams running back room that could do something uh you know you got Cam Akers you got Kyron Williams Ronnie Rivers had a great preseason and Zach Evans for the future uh, what are your thoughts on this Rams running back room right now? Um, you know, uh, it, it, here's what I, I'm, I'm going to say this. And I, I was never a guy who was big on sharing the backfield. I just I hated it. You know, I, I wanted I wanted to play whole games. I wanted all the damn touches. <laughs> that was that. Uh, and this this is where the the whole league has gone with, you know, having multiple guys. And the league is adapting to college. If in college, if you're not the main guy, you're not carrying the ball or touching the ball 30 to 40 times a game, you're not coming to the next level and doing it. So what they figure out is we got to have multiple backs. Now, I like our backs. I think they're interchangeable. I think they all bring something to the table. But what I what I noticed is they all do a lot of the same things. So when they're in there, the whole playbook is open and it's awesome. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. Um I, I agree with that. I mean, Kyron Williams had himself a game and I, I don't think we were really expecting him to find the end zone twice to open up the season. But I got to ask you, because people want to know, you know, you came from the Colts, you went to the Rams, the Rams traded Dickerson, to the Colts. 
Jonathan Taylor, could you see something, somebody like that come into the Rams near the trade deadline or even before then? You know, I, I, I don't think the Rams is willing to mortgage or leverage any more of the future. Uh, we, 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 we as an organization, we need those picks because uh, we're going to like within the next. Obviously, um, I, I, I'll be honest, I, I, the Rams took the field. I was like, OK, let's see. I was because the preseason don't tell me nothing anymore. I was just like, let's let's see. Let's see what the line looks like. Let's see defensively what this secondary looks like. There's just so many new faces. So what we have to do is because what we did in order to win the Super Bowl and, and hey, we won it at home, which, you know, it hadn't been done. Um, what we did and how we did it, we gave up a lot to do it. So now we have to make sure we hold on to some of these picks so we can not be in rebuilding but surround ourselves with some young talent so we can remain competitive and get a shot at the playoffs. Cause once you get in the playoffs at that point in time, it don't matter if you're a rookie or not, you, you, you got some games under your belt. You got 17 games under your belt and you understand what this league is about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Marshall, before we let you go here, I agree with you. We got to make it to the dance, right? And anybody can win at that point. And I want to ask you kind of take this back a little bit again, um, you know, on the knuckleheads podcast on player tribute, they always ask, who was the first person to bust your ass? I'm not going to ask you that. I'm curious. When the when it comes to the 49ers, the Seattle Seahawks, who was the player that you used to get on or the person that you left their ankles back in the locker room because you shook them so bad? What would that look like for you? Um, shook them so bad. Uh, <laughs> I, you know what? That, that would be easy. I, but but I'm, <laughs> I'm going to tell you guys, uh, playing against the 49ers, uh, you know, young in my, in my days, when Ronnie Lott was still around, and Ronnie Lott had a reputation. This was like – the old running lot, man, I'm talking <laughs> about, you want to talk about bring the wood and back then you could, you, you could lay it. So yeah. Ronnie lot was a guy that I just I, like, I, I wanted to make sure. And I looked him up. I made sure I didn't give him a free hit. Wouldn't no testing him. His, <laughs> his ability to do what he did, his reputation preceded him. And I gave him the respect that he deserved. Respect, well, that, that's awesome, Marshall. Hey, we really appreciate you taking the time. We'd love to have you back. And uh, hopefully, you know, we're talking about a potential playoff team here with the Rams. They look good week one. We'll see what happens. But uh, guys, that's that's going to do it. Marshall, again, thank you so much. This has been Believe in Rams. All right, guys. So that was Marshall Falk. It's it was a pleasure to interview him. Uh, honestly, it was it was cool to have a Hall of Famer on there. Somebody I grew up watching. I yeah. will admit I wore his jersey until the number literally just <laughs> fell off my back uh, as a kid. So big fan of him and, and just everything he accomplished and watching him number 28. But now moving on to the 49ers, man. This game is big. Because it is the Rams and Niners. Any year it would yeah. be big. They've lost eight straight to the 49ers. Um, now eight straight regular season games. Of course, they right. won one in there that kind of <laughs> mattered more than all the did. others. I see what you did there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just just a little bit more than the others. Um, but Cam, there's a renewed... I, I feel like people are way more confident in this game. I, I, I can't really put my mind as to why I, I, I was told that they were tanking. Um, they weren't <laughs> going to beat Seattle. And then they dropped a 30 burger on Seattle without Cooper piece. cup, yeah. you know? And it's like, huh? 30 piece chicken nugget on them, man. Just dropped it on them. Held Gino to about a hundred yards passing or so. Uh, 200 12 yards, yards in the off. second half. Come on, fam. Raheem Moore, as we talk about it, put respect on his name and, 
he sh- they're showing up, Jake. They're showing up. Aaron Donald's back, Jake. Come on, man. Gino's yelling, oh, God, uh, in the pocket. I think now Brock Purdy, <laughs> I have a feeling, Jake, Brock Purdy going to see that same clip and be like, guys, can you please just block Aaron? Just make sure that I have a clean pocket so I can throw to Brendan Ayoub oh, or Christian McCaffrey. But too bad. Byron Young's playing ball. Aaron Donald's playing ball. So 49ers, Jake, have have a full slate ahead of them. They have a full slate, and I do I do believe it'll be a close game. So I have a bold prediction for this game. You ready for this? Brock yeah. Purdy is going to take a dollar bill, and he, a $100 bill, and he's going to slide it over to the audio guy on the field and say, please do not have that. The same thing that happened with Gino. Please do not put that out there you know, for everyone to see it. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scream my lungs out when I see Aaron Dahl for the first time. So please... Make sure that doesn't happen. No, with with all due respect to Purdy, like he he looks really good and he's coming off a really good game against the Steelers. And, you know, Cam, I got to say, Micah Parsons, I feel like nailed it with him. Okay, Parsons said it. I I forget. It was maybe his podcast, someone else's podcast. But he said, I don't know if you saw the clip, but he's basically like, look, Brock Purdy is he's him. Like he we're on notice like people like you got to play against Brock Purdy. Like he's a good player. However, the one thing that I have yet to see from uh, Brock Purdy is playing through adversity because this team's always leading. So this is an opportunity here to find out about Brock Purdy to put him through the ringer because he see everyone talks about the Rams have never seen Brock Purdy before. Brock Purdy's never seen the Rams before. Brock Purdy's never seen AD before, okay? Brock Purdy saw the Big 12, and he's played seven games in the NFL as a starter. Mm-hmm. He has not seen Aaron Donald. But bro, I would say this, Jake. Brock Purdy got some swag, my man. The way he was talking about Pat P in that presser, bro. Like, mind you, Jake, Pat P's a Hall of Famer. Uh, I think Ryan Clark might have said it. Pat P's the nicest guy you can, you can think of. But I think they were going back and forth a little bit. And Brock Purdy and Brendan Ayuk put that work on Patrick Peterson. So, Jake, our our guy, uh, DeAndre Darion Kendrick, he has his work set out for him. He, he's going to have a long day. I know Brock Purdy's looking at him. He saw that DJ Metcalf sluggo, that uh, uh, that one-two touchdown um, against Seattle. So, Darion Kendrick, get ready to go. I think less uh, smack talk, the better, because Patrick Peterson did it and didn't work out too well for him. So, it's going to be a matchup. Man, I got to ask you, Cam, as a, as a former player here, I mean, maybe it's just me. Maybe I don't have that competitive fire. I mean, I'm shutting my mouth. Like, I'm not putting out any bulletin board material. What about you? And, like, when you were on the Rams, did anybody feel like kind of give you that, like, uncomfortable feeling like you were that guy in the corner? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. it's, funny, it's funny you say that. I think, think of an exact play. It was actually myself, Jake. Uh, I'm talking to Brent Grimes. And mind you, Brent Grimes is playing defense. I think the offense is out on the field. James is out there doing his thing, um, either throwing interception or throwing touchdown. One of the two, no big deal. But no, James is a beast. But um, Brent Grimes, I go to Brent Grimes. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to go block this punt. I'm about to go do something or make this tackle. I'm like, I'm about to go do something insane. Oh, no. Um, and when I get out on the field, or I get out on the field and – Corpus, of course, like a muffled play. I think it might have been the play that Taysom Hill maybe blocked the punt we were playing the Saints, but I got myself into that position where I'm like, I'm about to do this and do that, and it backfired on me. So what I started doing, Jake, I started telling myself silently, like, okay, Cam, go ahead and get this get this done. Kind of like what Aaron Donald said to himself, 
when they were playing the Bengals versus Joe Burrow. He's like, they got to make a play, got to make a play. And he did got that sack, uh, sack fumble. So I, I did it before it backfired. But when it comes to Brock Purdy, I'll keep my, I'll keep my mouth a little quiet there and just lock in on what I got to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, the bulletin board, and you didn't do anything wrong. It's not like you came out and be like, yeah, dude, like Taysom Hill's trash, bro. Like, you know, that's why I'm like, I'm keeping my mouth shut. Why am I giving him any sort of, I mean, remember Torrey Smith, like when he came in the NFL, he like was just this speed guy. He had three touchdowns. I think he went over 300 yards receiving. He had like four catches in that game. Okay. Like guys can have that type of game that comes out of nowhere and you don't want to be the reason they're having that type of game. And you could say, Oh yeah, that's not likely, you know, that's unheard of to act like players are going to play harder because don't knock it. Okay. Not everybody plays football because they love it. They're good at it. So if you have those guys that don't have that passion and then all of a sudden you go after say like Jalen was going after people's like, uh, no, I think it was Janoris Jenkins was like going after people's like moms and stuff and saying like, yeah, like this and that. Like now all of a sudden you're talking to players who I'm not saying everybody's like this, but Cam, I know you can mention uh, not by name, but I'm, I know you, you know, a few people that played football because they were good at it, but not because they loved it. And it's like, you don't yeah. want to get that passion in them. Cause like, if that guy's like, I'm going to work, I'm going to collect my paycheck. I might have a good game. I might have a bad game. doesn't matter. I'm getting paid. And then you say something about his mom. He's coming at you now. You've woken Jake, up the bear. Jake, it's hilarious you say that because some guys make it up. Jake, some guys make it up that their opponent, the person across from them, is talking about their mom crazy or X, <laughs> Y, and Z. They make this stuff up. And I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I would make some stuff up. Like, okay, I got to be in this character. It's funny because uh, Brian Dawkins used to do it, right? He had like his Wolverine character. So I had to make up this ulterior all alternative character when I step on that football field. So you're right, Jake, those haters can fuel you. You got to be careful who you're hating on when it comes to the game of football. This is very true because man, it's just, you (laughs) never know what kind of animal that you can unleash. Everyone's good in the NFL. You know, everyone can have a, a game. I remember people laughed at Chuck Pagano because, you know, and I'm sure you probably saw this, uh, years ago, he was in a presser and they're like, who are you most keying in on against this Rams team? And he said, Tavon Austin. And they're like, Tavon Austin? Like, he hasn't done anything. He's like, Tavon Austin scares me. Tavon Austin could destroy our day. And sure enough, that was Tavon Austin's career game. He had like three touchdowns in that game. And then afterwards, it's like, I told you. Like, I, I, I freaking told you I was worried about Tavon Austin. I knew there was something up there. And so, yeah, you know, just to make a long story short, and obviously we, we dragged that on a little bit too long, but you get the point is that basically you and I have the same sentiment. I'm not putting out billboard material. Did uh, Patrick Peterson curse the entire Steelers team last week? Probably not. I think they all look kind of flat. It just looked like a bad game. It happens. The 49ers will probably have a bad game week 12. Probably not now, but like, you know, every team is going to have one of those stinkers. You know what I mean? Where you just nothing goes right. Steelers have one week one. It's okay. You move on. But this game, I want everybody to keep their mouth shut. I don't you don't want to give like to your point. You don't want to give Brock Purdy, who's got this swag, who takes it seriously. Like you don't want to give him any bulletin board material. 
doesn't seem like that's happened. However, it has happened before. Aaron Donald saying who in regards to Debo. And, you know, obviously Debo will never let that go. He's been on multiple podcasts. He said, man, I just, I despise the Rams. I hate the Rams. And I mean, the Niners, like, you know, you you see Aaron Donald before the game. He's like, I I just, I don't like the Niners. I I really dislike them guys. Like, it's just like, he just goes in on them. It's like, you know. Yeah, I take. I mean, I, I played for the Rams, and every lineup against the 49ers, it was a shootout, Jake. Uh, the 49ers, we used to battle with those guys, and I, I totally get it. I, I'm with Aaron, to be honest. I, I, you know, we do have another show off the edge where we cover multiple teams, so you know, I have to figure out how to temper that. But when it comes to the 49ers, man, I'm I get geared up. And Jake, one thing I do want to say about the 49ers last week against the Steelers, Debo Samuels. And George Kittle, they were a little bit quiet last week. So I do know this is Rams week for them and that they're going to be gearing up. So if if I am Raheem Morris, I'm like, look, guys, Brandon and I, you went off last year. They're, um, last week, they're going to expect us to double team him. And, oh, that's now the guy. But let's not forget about Debo Samuels. And let's not forget about Kittle because Kittle was three for six for only 19 yards. I think Debo was five for seven for only 55. So, I guarantee you Brock Purdy's like, you know what, guys? I didn't really get you the ball like that, but this week I got you. So lock in for those guys for sure. Yeah, and it's one of those games where it's hard to gauge. Like, I don't look at targets. I don't take it seriously. They were up 28-7. to I mean, Brock Purdy's not heaving it down the field because he doesn't have to. They're playing ball control at that point, just trying to run out the clock, avoid the injuries. You know, I saw, like, Trent Williams came off the field. So, like, you know, you want to make sure that you you finish – You've got the win in the bag. Let's make sure we come out unscathed at that point. And it's hard to do when you're playing a sport like that. I know that. But um, looking at the Rams, you know, I think keys to beat the Niners. It's important to realize, you know, we talked about the summary. Cam, the, the Seahawks didn't care. They didn't, like, just Pete Carroll's reaction. It's honestly disrespectful to the Seattle fans. I'd be upset if I was a Seattle fan. Like, you could say Sean McVay coached a clinic, and he did. But Pete Carroll was so unprepared. His team was unprepared and it just didn't even seem like he like took them seriously. It's like, again, I don't want to sound like a boomer and I've already said this on another show. I don't want to sound like a boomer, but like, I felt like they were look, it felt like they were looking at the press clippings like, Oh, cups out. This team's tanking. Like, you know, they're in Caleb Williams mode. We're going to the super bowl. You know, we're just going to coast. And the Rams came in to Lumen stadium and shut them up this week. They're at home. So the Rams get to take that momentum. They won on the road at, you know, first, you know, win, uh, you know, week one, Sean McVay, I believe is six and one in, in week one games, only losing last year against Buffalo. They're back at SoFi. So this yeah. is their stomping grounds and the 49ers call it Levi South. That's got it. That's got to irk the hell out of you, you know? Yeah. And, and the city just got built, Jake. So I can't, I don't like that at all. <laughs> well, I don't like it at all because I'm just going to, I don't care. Like, if this gets me in trouble, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> Levi Stadium is the most generic stadium ever. Okay. Oh. Like, like I don't I don't care. Like, SoFi is, is a world-class stadium. Don't you ever compare Levi in any sense to SoFi Stadium. Levi yeah. South, like, to me, calling it that, like, Levi Stadium is, like, if Dean Spanos had to, like, come up with a stadium plan, that's what he would do because he doesn't have the money to be an owner in this league. So that's where <laughs> that's where we're at right there, right? Yes, so, and so to be fair, SoFi does look like 
it's a ship in Star Wars. So if folks <laughs> have not been, if folks have not been to SoFi yet, that stadium is insane. By the way, so I have check it out if you can. Check it out if you can, because SoFi is impeccable. Well, hopefully, I'll, I'll be there with you next time. Um, there you go. But yeah, sorry, sticking to the, the actual game here, because like we've just been going. We're, no, we're getting in. I mean, this is a rivalry, man. This yeah. is 49ers and Rams, so it gets a little little hot and spicy. <laughs> it does. Well, So Seattle, their game was essentially last week. We talked about it. We're not going to let the Rams throw the ball. They didn't buy into the Rams passing attack without Cooper Cup. They sadly were mistaken. And they <laughs> yeah. did stop the run because they sold out to stop the run. The 49ers, it's hard to run against regardless if they're going to sell out and load the box or not. They're just really good all over the place. And th- while Brock Purdy can get everything over the middle, it seems like, and he can connect with a Debo, you know, a quick slant over the middle or an Ayuk or a Kittle, Aaron you, can't, you can't do that against the 49ers because they got the nastiest linebacker tandem right now, athleticism and just Nasty. tenacity and physicality uh, in range in Fred Warner and of course, Dre Greenlaw. And so, you know, I think that kind of limits what the Rams can do with a, you know, somebody like Tyler Higby and Puka Nakua, you know, I think they might have to get creative. Not to to though. If you get to those guys, <laughs> you exactly. The key to this game is two, two at well. If you remember in the NFC title game, they tried to, you know, connect deep with Odell Beckham Jr. They had Ben Skoranek, and he dropped it wide open in the end zone. So they are going to have to spread out. They're going to have to stretch out this defense. They're going to have to really make them defend it. And here's the thing. Once they start actually selling out to stop 2-2, and this is why this this you can literally beat any defense in this league. You can beat any defense. You can beat any offense. This is the beauty of football. But are you actually going to step up and do it? And so Tutu Atwell, to your point, can stretch the field and be like, oh, well, Jake, what if they take it away? Well, great. So now something is open, whether that's Puka Nakua, whether Van Jefferson has to step up, whether it's Bryson Hopkins, Tyler Higby, or maybe it's Cam Akers or Kyron Williams out of the backfield, pass catcher or yeah. runner. Something opens up if you make an adjustment to stop Tutu. Yeah. And Jake, I, w- I would love to see this because Kyle Usage is uh, the fullback for the 49ers. And I would love to see Ben Skoranek. Uh, come to the backfield for the Rams, right, and cause that mismatch. I think I it's going to be a lead, see that, Cam. A lead play for Fred Warner. Fred Warner's going to come downhill. Trey Greenlaw is going to come around and rap or do whatever he needs to do. But then when that happens, those guys kind of break out and get to it, gets their pass mode. But I would like to see some mismatches because one thing I did see the other week with Fred Warner, my guy runs to the ball. If it's in front of him, Jake, he's going to diagnose it before it even happens. So. With guys like that, guys like Luke Keekley, you know, guys that are really cerebral when it comes to the game of football, you got to figure out how to tire them out, wear them down, Jake. And I do think with that run game, that pat play action pass, we're going to have to pound the football and then also get some passes going out of that and maybe even spread the field. You just talked about it. Maybe getting Kyron Williams out there in the slot, one-on-one with Greenlaw and Fred Warner to wear those guys down. 2-2 Atwell, line them up in the slot. If they have man coverage or some type of zone coverage, against him you know frustrate them a little bit and run the ball at him but you got to wear those two guys down the middle jake because if not it is going to be a long day for the rams team and jake one thing i do i do know tyler higby matched up against those matched up against those guys i think i think we can get it done jake if tyler higby can go to work on greenlaw um specifically and i think we would we'll be all right fred warner 
on the other hand, <laughs> we got to figure him out, Jake, because he's looking like the number one linebacker in the league, and it's it, it's spooky. So how are we can how are we can get over top of him? How are we can figure him out? I think that'll be the best way to defeat that that 49ers team for sure. That's not even the guy I'm most worried about. It's Christian McCaffrey. Guy had the quietest 152 yard game I've ever seen. I mean, oh, yeah. I was like, wait, he has 150. Are you are you freaking serious right now? Like yeah. he just he is. I mean, I said it. He's thick with two C's, man. He is hard <laughs> to bring down. You know, you yeah. and the thing is, they have that wide zone, the outside zone runs, and it's like, man, that's exactly what you want to run against this Rams inexperienced edge room because yeah, it's like. Even if you set the edge, this guy's thick with two C's. He's going to break the tackle. But, like, you know, Michael Hoyt, like, I don't feel great about Michael Hoyt setting that edge there. It's just, it's a really a discipline thing, Jake, right? Darion Kendrick, there was a play with Byron Young when uh, was it, it was Walker. He got outside, got on the edge of the defense, and Christian is looking at that, Jake. And so what these guys have to do, they're going to have to play disciplined football with Christian McCaffrey. It's almost like trying to uh, capture a rabbit, right? Having guys on this side, on this side, on this side, on this side. And it's like, hey, if Christian goes this way, don't retreat and go that way. Stay on your side because he's going to come back. and He's going to figure it out. He's going to find that hole. So discipline football by the by the anchors of this defense, I think will be will be excellent and will be uh, the key to keeping Christian McCaffrey uh, confined here. Absolutely agree. I, I really just don't think they have a choice. They have to contain Christian McCaffrey if they want to win this football game. But another thing is, I think you nailed it uh, earlier. You know, I think actually the the X factor of this game, and we didn't see it, and I think we didn't see it for a reason uh, last week, was Ben Skoranek. I think they're, they're keeping him under wraps. I think they want to roll that out this week um, because they want that physicality. It's going to be a physical game. And I think with Ben Skoranek's receiving ability, he is the use check for this Rams offense. And it sounds weird. It's like, man, we got two, two out. Well, 119 yards, everyone and their mother's talking about Puka Nakua today and tomorrow and the yesterday, um, <laughs> you know, and then you have, you know, Van Jefferson who had 800 yards in his second season. And people are just completely, you know, dismissing after one game, you have Tyler Higby who's the greatest tight end in Rams history, regardless of how you feel it's true. So it's yeah. like, you have these weapons, Kyron Williams coming off a two touch down should have been a three touchdown performance acres finds the you know pay dirt and here we are we're like ben skoranek could be the reason they win this game yeah yeah i think so too and the, on the other side jake brandon Ayuk. i mean he went off last week we all know that we're gonna have to keep him in check but then also you talked about how it could be being the, the greatest tight end for the rams kittle like i'm saying jake i'm saying over over and over again but our guys from the, from the rams are gonna have to lock him down him and christian mccaffrey jake all week and hopefully the Rams also think about a spy as well, a lot, a lot more nickel defense and seeing what that looks like because we're going to have to spy Christian McCaffrey. We're going to have to keep an eye out for Debo Samuels, maybe even Brandon Ayuk. So maybe taking one guy off that line of scrimmage and adding an extra defender um, to cover in space is going to be a, a bit important. And I don't know if Christian Roseboom is going to be enough for this defense. Like I might have yeah. to, they might have to play Quentin Lake exclusively at linebacker this week uh, mm-hmm. to, you know, add some more athleticism. You know, I like Roseboom. He's not fast enough, uh, you know, against this defense. And another thing I'm going to say here is he didn't play last week and people like raised eyebrows. But John Johnson, man, like John Johnson, the third, I'm putting him on George Kittle, like in the good old days where, you know, he was he he challenged Kittle. And then when he was gone, who, who was who was challenging George Kittle after when he left? I mean, you know, to be fair, Jordan Fuller you know, broke his leg or broke his ankle. 
uh, right before the playoff game. So they didn't have him against Kittle in, in the playoff game. But, you know, I just I feel like Russ Yeast could have an opportunity, but I feel like the best matchup is John probably John Johnson. Um, yeah, he, he's gonna and, have to play in the box. He's gonna play, have to play in the box, Jake. A little extra squats this week. He's gonna have to defend the run. That's the only thing. <laughs> which makes me wonder. It makes me go back to Skoranek didn't get a ton of snaps. John Johnson got no snaps on the defense. Chestnut mm-hmm. checkers cam. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Ready for this? The Seattle Seahawks didn't take the Rams seriously, but maybe the Rams took Seattle seriously enough. But it was like, you know what? I don't think we need to use John Johnson. We're going to beat them. We don't even need to, we don't need to use John Johnson. We don't need to use Ben Skoranek at the fullback. We don't want to put any of that tape out there. Let them watch tape last year. You know, yeah, we don't want to give them any idea. Yeah. yeah, we got the we got the big dogs on campus coming up, so we got to save all of our stuff for them because we remember what they did to us last year yeah. and whatnot these past couple games. So, Jake, I, I'm getting more excited actually. Now that you brought that up, I'm getting more excited. How about I'm looking that? Forward, I'm looking I forward mean, to this matchup. You did that? That was on you. <laughs> you were the one that like sparked because then my my gear started turning when you brought up Skoranek, and I was like, wait a minute, John Johnson. Like yeah. you ever see those, uh, those TikToks with like the Incredibles, like the, the sinister, uh, music in the background. That's how yeah. I felt. It's like those gears were turning. I got the sinister yeah. music going on. I'm like, Oh my God, I figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. It's going to be, it's going to be a great week. And also too, Jake, I'm looking forward to on special teams, the Rams, another key to victory is special teams. The Rams are going to have to show yes. up and show out Had a block field goal last or yeah, field goal last week. And that wasn't that wasn't the move, Jake. You can't have that. We've won. So now every team they're gonna look their chops, right? The 49ers are like, look, guys, anytime the field goal unit comes out or extra point unit comes out, we're gonna get a block this week. So they're gonna have to tighten up there and we're gonna have to see our guys show up, right? Um Kyron Williams and returning some of those punts, kickoff returns. So hopefully he can find some explosiveness there. But special teams have to show up this week as well. Yeah, I just to me, I think. When you look at um, just everything going on, you know, with the special teams, all of that, essentially, um, you know, you look at all of that. Essentially, I don't want Kyron to be on the special teams unit. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Makes um, you a little nervous. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want him to be on the special teams unit. I just I think at the end of the day, um, I, if he's going to start, I, I have the same feeling I had when Antonio Brown was on the special teams. He's the best receiver in the league at this point with the Steelers, the killer bees. And you got him out there returning punts. And think about this. This guy is roasting these guys and they're going on special teams. And they're like, man, I might take a, a shot at his knee. You know, it's an extra, but to be fair, Jake, it's an extra offensive play, right? So when you have your, when you have your, the best player on your team, like a Tyree kill, I think Jalen Ramsey was talking mess about Tyreek Hill when he first came in. Oh, he's just a returner, X, Y, and Z. But that strikes fear in people's heart, Jake. Like Deshaun Jackson was playing for the Buccaneers. Deshaun, we would put Deshaun Jackson back there and be like, hey, we need a win or we need a, we need a touchdown or we need something. Put Deshaun back there. So it's like a, a dangerous factor. So to be honest, if the Rams put 2-2 Atwell back there, Jake, people are going to be like, oh, snap. On the punt team, they're going to be like, hey, let's – you go here, I go here, and don't move. Same thing with Christian McCaffrey. When you got somebody dangerous back there on punt, you're like, hey, you hold your ground, hold your anchor, because if you come this way, that guy's going to start over here and then find that hole that you left. So I, I see what you're saying, but then also it kind of strikes fear in people's hearts a little bit. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a fine balance. Absolutely. Well, with that said, we're going to wrap it up here. What's your final score? Do you have a final score prediction, Cam? 
final score, Jake, I think it's the way that Raheem Morris had that defense plan. Um, I'm going to call 24-21 Rams. They win by three and call it a day. Okay. I like it. I hope it happens because I got 28-24 49ers. I think uh, I think this this is one of those games where everyone wants to win this game. This is not a game I expected them to win even before the season. I am going to the playoffs. So I think this is one of those ones where you have your peaks, you have your valleys. And at the end of the day, I think this is a game where we will see some improvement in certain areas. I think we'll see some good things. I'll see. I think we'll be after this game, we'll feel justified in believing in the Rams regardless of the win or loss, because I think it'll be a competitive loss. I just don't trust them. This young defense, they didn't, like we talked about Brock Purdy not battling adversity. This young defense didn't have to battle adversity last week. There was no late game situations. So I don't trust them in a late game situation until they face that. I don't trust them against Christian McCaffrey. I think this is a game where the Rams could be winning late and Christian McCaffrey is just running out the clock first down, first down, first down, and they can't stop him. And then, you know, they get a touchdown out of it down 24, 21, 49ers go down the field, get a game winning touchdown. I could see that, you know? And so I think it's not necessarily, I think they're, they, they like Brock Purdy. Don't get me wrong. But Christian McCaffrey, the Rams haven't been able to stop, period, no matter who's been out there. So a little bit more inexperience. I think it's okay. These growing pains are going to happen. I think we need to be realists here and understand, and and that's not me like saying that you're wrong, just like the people that are like, we're going to go in, we're going to destroy the... You can't expect that. This It's asking a lot of this yeah. team. And so I think it, it's definitely the move is to just go in and just realize last week was fun. They kicked the crap out of Seattle. They are a legit football team, but, you know, I don't know if they're going to win this game. I think it's going to be competitive, and that will go a long way towards week three on Monday Night Football against the Bengals. I will say this, though. Cam, if they win this game, we're going to be having a weird, weird, different conversation next week about this team where, hey, man, maybe that 2-0 and could turn into 8-0. and or nine and zero, and then we're talking about maybe a Jonathan Taylor, yeah. depending on the the uh, the running game. Like I brought up to Marshall, maybe we're talking <laughs> yeah. about a Brian yeah. Burns. Maybe we're talking about a Chase mm-hmm. Young, somebody that can come in and help this team at an area where maybe they're not as strong at. And maybe, oh man, maybe we underestimated this team. Maybe the Rams are sitting there. Who knows? But we don't have that conversation. We don't look ahead that far until we see this game and we see where they're at. And Jake, what I'll say too, before we wrap up, the turnover margin, right? We saw the Cowboys and the Giants game. We did not expect that to happen, but I do think and I do hope that the Rams are saying, hey, to win this football game, guys, we got to start fast and we got to create turnovers. We got to get our offensive football back. Think about how the Jets played, right? The Jets, Jake had no shot in hell after Aaron Rodgers got hurt. But I always that believed. Defense, you always believed in that deep, Jake, that defense stepped up. They stepped up. Jordan Whitehead had three receptions. Those boys had sacks. So the Rams are going to have to take on that same mentality, that same type of uh, of heart that the Jets did. Hey, we might be we might be down with our, you know, our superstar player, Cooper Cup, whatever that looks like, but we can still show up and show out, Jake. So turnover margin is going to be won by the Rams and the win and the Rams Rams win by three this weekend. I like it. Hey, Cam, I'm rooting for you. I'd never want to be <laughs> m- more wrong in my life. 
It's 49ers week. I'd love for the Rams to win. I'd also love for you guys to subscribe if you haven't already. And also like if you haven't already. And go tell somebody if you haven't already about our show. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you, Cam. Always a pleasure. Appreciate Marshall Falk for coming on. It's been a fun show. And, uh, man, we're hoping for the best this week. This is going to be – this. It. I'm not going to say it's going to be an exciting game because we don't know what game it's going to be with the 49ers. You, you can never know until it happens. But I'll tell you, if the offensive line stays healthy and they're able to give Stafford and keep, and keep his jersey clean, whether that's blue or white or, hell, they break out a, a black or yellow one, I don't care. I want it to be no scuff marks, clean, and uh, I want the W, but we'll see, man. We'll see. Yeah. Um, Man, you know, we appreciate you guys. Be sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate, review, depending on wherever you're consuming this content. And uh, we will find out Sunday what uh, the faith, the fate, excuse me, of this team and the 49ers moving into week three. Until next time, guys, I'm Jake Ellenbogen. He's Cameron Lynch. Take it easy. Later, folks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.